Welcome back to Most Self Improved. We are your hosts, Bob Mitchell-Lagori and Erin Jensen. That was like a scream. I liked it. No, I enjoyed it. I think we should stick with it. We're really excited to continue chatting about our latest book, Atomic Habits by James Clear. Clearly. (laughs) So excited for Atomic Habits. This week, we're covering chapters eight through 14. As a quick review, last week, we talked about how to make good habits as obvious as possible. And this week, we're going to get into how to make them attractive and easy. So... (laughs) All of the good things. I realize it's <laughs> it sounds a little weird when I say it like that. But no, that's what I need to be. I'm like attractive, easy, got it. Right. <laughs> and right. you'll get what you want that way. Before we get into that, let's get an update on our habit challenge. Ooh, I love I love a little accountability in the morning. So much okay. accountability. Do you want to go first? Do you want me to go first? I can go first. Um, Maybe tell um, us. That remind the cherished listeners of what your challenge was, what new habit you're adopting. I had a really high bar for myself (laughs) where I wanted to eat fruit every day before 10 a.m. And I am very proud to report that I did eat a banana every day this week, this of like the weekday, not the weekend. Don't be Um, crazy. That's so exciting. We're going to put in (laughs) a very accomplished music there for sure. Like a ta-da confetti guns. That's exciting. So exciting. I mean, I did it. Did I like enjoy it? Not really. I kind of did it grudgingly, but okay. What levels are are high? Do you like no other fruit? Like, can can you make the experience any more enjoyable for you? Like, are there fruits you like? I did appreciate when I texted you and I was like, I really am not enjoying this. You just were like, what about a mango? What about a kiwi? Because uh, I love fruits and there's so many. And so it's like, or does it need to be a fruit? Could it, like, do you want to go to vegetable? Like there's so No, what, I don't want to eat a vegetable in the morning. <laughs> Are you insane? Let me eat this head of cauliflower at 9.15. No, like cucumber, well, like, cucumber still have fruit, but like cucumber and hummus or like tomatoes and, um, you know, I don't know. I think I, I have trouble with healthy Not like foods. roasted Brussels sprouts at 9.50. <laughs> he writes about this. We'll get into that later about like junk food and how they make it so, so attractive. Oh, yes. I'm very taken in by that. So I don't know, maybe there's a better fruit out there for me, but I'm also lazy. So bananas like the easy, you just grab it, you don't have to wash it, you don't have to cut it, you know, interesting. peel it. Convenient. Convenience is also very convenient. Okay. All right. I like that. So you did it begrudgingly. How did you feel afterwards? I felt good. I was like, okay, that was a nice way to start the day. (laughs) Like this is what, like what? good adults like do I think so I I felt yeah I felt proud of myself for that did it lead into other good habits oh right because that is supposed to happen I didn't feel that it did it was very isolated okay and then will you continue that's my last question I am going to continue. Look at you. I am. Because I feel okay. like, and we'll, again, we'll talk about this later, but it's like making it automatic. You yes. just have to keep doing it. Yeah. So don't even think about if you like it or not. Just <laughs> keep doing it. <laughs> if a it's something devoid, you want. Right? Yeah, a life devoid of pleasure. <laughs> this is what we're promoting here. Most self-improved. <laughs> what you're here for. 
Okay. My habit was gratitude Mm -hmm. journal and I was able to do it. I wanted to do it every day in the morning. There was one day where my morning routine shifted. So I didn't do it in the morning, but I did do it every day. I wake up in the mornings. I do a meditation from my phone so I don't have to move or get out of bed, but I'm productive, which I love the feeling of being productive and doing nothing. And instead of doing a paper gratitude journal, I just did it on my phone too for more convenience. So wrote down five things I was grateful for. And then I also did the dream journaling of five things I want to happen. And then because we know I have like stacks and stacks and stacks and boxes of the Nutrafol that I was not using, I moved my vitamins to my little dresser near my bed. So it was like out and obvious and like, The more obvious you make a habit, I think the uglier your house is going to be because everything's just like out. Yeah, that's Um, for sure. But yeah, so I just had like my muscle milk and I had my vitamins and I did that six out of the seven days. So, I mean, we're rolling. That's really good. We're rolling. (laughs) (laughs) So we'll keep up our new habits. That's what I'm here. We're keeping them up. Okay, we'll report back again next week. We're off to a good start with those those report backs. So let us jump into it with the second law of atomic habits, which is make it attractive. (laughs) We're going to make it attractive, guys. And that starts with chapter eight, how to make a habit irresistible. This chapter started out with talking about how our brains are primed for junk food because they're still thinking we're on the savanna hunting and gathering when in fact there's food all around us. And so there's salt, sugar, all of these things that we love. And we love them because they give us a dopamine spike. And dopamine, to get into the sciencey part of things, is the neurotransmitter in our brain that makes us crave and desire things. Mm-hmm. But the trick is to make that work for you. And so how can you change your habits so you have a dopamine-driven feedback loop? We do them because we get that dopamine spike. So how do you get that with the habit you're trying to adopt? Mm-hmm. That's basically the point of this chapter. And that is where we get into temptation bundling. It's basically just give yourself a little treat when you do the right (laughs) thing, right? That's all he's saying. It's interesting because so many, quote, bad habits are associated with high levels of dopamine, like the scrolling, social media, drugs, obviously, junk food. Um, (laughs) Drugs. Obviously. But I just really liked that he also makes the point that dopamine's released not while you're doing the activity, but before. Mm-hmm. So it's about anticipating the way that you're most excited about vacation, actually when you're planning the vacation, yes. because when you're on it, you're already stressed about having to go oh. back to work. So ah. it's that anticipation. And so yes. that means you need to make your habits attractive because the expectation of a reward is the thing that makes you act. So are you thinking anything right now that you're going to temptation bundle? That's the thing. I feel like any reward also feels like a thing I'm trying to drop. I need a good reward. Maybe it's like that really bitter dark chocolate, like like healthy dark chocolate. I love eighty percent. I love that. (laughs) I think it's so good. But okay, also you don't have to drop every bad habit. I will watch reality shows, but most of the time I do it during work. So I'm doing it. A, I'm not that captivated by it. So it's not like it's ruling my time really. Yeah. I feel like five minutes of scrolling after like doing something good, that can't be bad. So next is chapter nine, the role of family and friends in shaping your habits. And I really liked this chapter because you know that quote, like you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. I feel like that is so true. And in this chapter, 
The author talks about this dad who reminded me of Venus and Serena's dad. He has these three daughters and he basically decides when they're really little that they're going to be chess grandmasters. Yes. And then just surrounds their life with chess from a really young age. And so essentially these three girls grow up in a house where chess is more important than anything. And being obsessed with chess is normal and therefore attractive. And they do become chess grandmasters the same way. I don't know if anyone saw King Richard, but I found it amazing how he just made these two stars by pushing them so much. So ultimate tiger dad move that I feel like I'm going to keep in my back pocket. (laughs) Well, I I love that you drew that comparison because I did not. And I did see the movie, but also the chess. I thought it was a little weird that the chess guy was just running this experiment with his three children. Like, it's a very <laughs> weird. It, it is. Like, it's I will shape too. you to be chess masters. And they were clearly very successful. And I guess something in their personality felt rewarded. But it was just kind of weird. This conscious molding of such a big, I don't know. It kind of creeps me out. But yes, yeah, it works no, in their definitely- favor. There's definitely a world in which they're in therapy being like, my dad made me do this. And on my like, dream what was did he all- do? Yeah. What did he do to us? Right. But, but also, I, mean, I, I agree with you when you say you're the average of the people closest to you. That's why I'm always like, who wants to start a goal group? That's why I want to be around successful people because I think it's true. It's totally true. Yeah. And Jimmy says, if you want to build better habits, you need to surround yourself with people who have those habits. So that's the first level. The author writes that we tend to imitate the habits of three social groups. The first level is close people, family and friends. The next level that we imitate the habits of is what the author calls the many. So the tribe, the larger community around us. The last social group is the powerful. So this is people with status and press. So the lesson there is make sure you're looking up to the right people if you (laughs) want to build good habits. Next, we'll move on to chapter 10, which is how to find and fix the causes of your bad habits. So basically in this chapter, the same way we want to make good habits attractive, we want to make our bad habits unattractive. And he goes pretty deep in saying that everything we do, every behavior has a deeper underlying motive that's tied to our really basic needs for food, connection, reproduction, all of those things. The powerful part is that he's basically saying there's many different ways to address the same underlying motive. Lots of smokers, they smoke to ease anxiety or when they're stressed out, they'll reach for a cigarette. But you could also go for a run to relieve that stress. And it's not that any habit we have is bad, right? Like you're saying, okay, fine, we're scrolling because we want to find out something. We're looking for knowledge or looking for connection. And that's fine. But if you find yourself doing it for two hours, maybe instead of doing that to find connection, you instead call a friend. I really loved also the idea he had of reframing your habits to highlight their benefits by just changing your language from, oh, I have to do this to I get to do this. I also yeah. kind of hated it. <laughs> I like the idea he was saying, like, instead of saying, I have to wake up early for work, just say, I get to wake up early for work. I have a job. I get to go do something where like, I help people and work with amazing colleagues. I also liked in terms of reframing, someone asks a person about being in their wheelchair and he's like, my mm-hmm. wheelchair is free. And if I didn't have a wheelchair, I'd be stuck in bed. So no, I don't yeah. feel bad about my wheelchair. I'm very grateful for my wheelchair, which I thought was a powerful example. Yeah, I really like that one. So let's jump into the third law, make it easy. 
And we'll start with chapter 11, which is walk slowly, but never backward. <laughs> what does this mean? Sounds like some Yoda advice. No, uh, he must have run out of chapter names, I think. Yeah, but I really like this chapter. In essence, he's basically saying, just do it. He writes that if you want to master habit, the key is to start with repetition, mm-hmm. not perfection. So just practice it, just do it. And he talks about the difference between taking action and being in motion. Which he totally so, called me to the carpet on this. I was like, I am a motion girl. I know, me I'm too. motion girl. So taking action is writing the article, actually putting on your sneakers and going for the run, getting in the kitchen and making the meal. Being in motion is outlining 20 ideas for the article or mapping out all the different routes your run could take or bookmarking eight recipes that you're definitely going to try next week. How did this land for you? Yeah, I'm a big preparation girl. I don't know that it's so black and white for me. And he does say there are things you do need to prepare for, obviously. But certainly there are times when I could be doing more action. I thought that this example was very interesting. He talks about a professor who divides his college class one side will be graded on one photograph, then the other side is graded on quantity of photos. And then the side that only had to take one photograph took it easy, there's only one photo. And then the other side just got so much better because of the repetitive motion of taking photos and the practice of it. So once again, just pushing that idea, it doesn't have to be perfect. It's so much better to just keep going and then you'll incrementally get better, which... I love, especially Mm -hmm. as a perfectionist, it's scary to put out something that you feel isn't the highest quality, but even what you think your highest quality is in the beginning, it's going to change. So it's like, just do it. You know, when you start something and you're like, this is the best. And then you're like, oh, it wasn't that great, but whatever, we're doing it. You don't actually know what's possible. You just have to start. And the author writes, it's not about how long it takes to build a new habit. Habits form by repetition of the action. And so if you repeat the action, if you take a photo 200 times in a month, you're way better off than someone who has been a photographer for 10 years, but has only done the action 100 times. Mm -hmm. So it's not about the length of time. It's about how much you're doing it. And that's how it becomes automatic. And so stop planning. That is very safe to do the research from the bed under the covers rather than have to (laughs) get out. Exactly. So that is how you walk slowly. Which is a great segue to the next chapter, I think. (laughs) The Law of Least Effort. Beautiful. Doesn't that sound, that's a great name for a chapter. It is. I felt very upset reading this. (laughs) Let's get into it. What happened? I mean, he basically says humans' motivation is to be lazy and do what's convenient. To conserve energy. Exactly. Not because we're horrible <laughs> things. We're trying to conserve energy. I was we're say, trying to go stay back alive. To your favorite example, your saber-toothed tiger brain. Go back. You know you love right. it. Right. The saber-toothed tiger. We're still primed for these threats and we're trying to conserve energy to stay alive. And so Which- it's human nature to follow the law of least effort. Which I will never feel bad about taking too long to move on from a relationship now because we as a species have not moved on to anything. <laughs> no, nope, we have not. Okay, fine. And and that's what I found depressing. I'm like, why are we so <laughs> lazy? Sometimes I'm like, oh, we have to fight against thousands of years of evolution of yeah. this like, really lazy brain that just wants to eat, sleep, and bang. And yeah. it's like, it's there. He says to look at any behavior that fills up a lot of your time and notice that can be performed with really low levels of motivation. 
And he says the key to getting beyond this is to reduce friction associated with good behavior and increase friction associated with bad behavior. We talked about this last week, but it's like manipulate your environment to help you do the good habit. Yes. And then do the same to help you drop the bad habit. And he gives a lot of examples. Like when he deletes his social media apps, he notices he spends a lot less time on that. If he puts the beer in the back of the fridge, he's drinking a lot less. All this made sense, but it also is like, am I just going to have to spend my whole life tricking myself? And I think the answer is yes. (laughs) So that's the law of least effort. And then actually the next chapter is one I found super helpful and presented a new idea for me. This chapter is called How to Stop Procrastinating by Using the Two-Minute Rule, which is this new rule that I love. So I love how much um, you love it. I love. I it. do. This I found really helpful. He starts out by talking about decisive moments in your day. Every day, he says there's a handful of moments called decisive moments that have an outsized impact on your day. It happens in a couple seconds, but They have a ripple effect that can impact your day long afterwards. That can be the difference between a great day or a terrible one. So a decisive moment last night, it's like, am I going to stay up late watching Mm -hmm. this show or am I going to go to bed early? If I go to bed early, I'll wake up in time to eat my banana (laughs) and do my workout. And then I feel really good. So I'm like, oh, let me eat a great lunch because I don't want to waste my workout. And then I'm like, oh, this feels like I have so much energy. I'm going to go meet a friend. If you stay up late, you're hitting the snooze button on your alarm, you wake up late, you don't eat anything, you go right into work, you're exhausted, you're not doing a good job, then you don't have energy to cook, you order something in and then you crash without seeing anybody that day. So that's one choice that led to two very different days and it all compounds. And it's funny because you're like, I'll just stay up late this one time. I always say that. I never think about what it can do to the whole next day. He talks about these decisive moments and then he introduces the two minute rule, which is the idea that when you start a new habit, it needs to take you less than two minutes to do. And this felt like a huge Oh, aha moment for me. And he actually says, don't even try to do it for longer at first. You have to stop after two minutes. Mm -hmm. Don't try to read for a half hour. You read one page. Don't try to go to a whole yoga class. You just take out the mat. He doesn't even say do anything else, which I was like, that is very low. (laughs) But also I love that that's all you're asking me to do. Yes. And essentially it's about ritualizing, establishing the beginning of the process. And that allows you to then slip into deep focus. So it's like you're moving slowly because if you move too fast, you're going to fail, essentially, is what he's saying. He says, don't be consumed by the end goal. Start with the beginning ritual. And I just really liked that because I think that's why so many people can't stick to a goal because you go really hard and try to change your whole life really quickly. And this is- I've done that, yeah. Yeah, same. And I feel like- trying this feels so much more sustainable and it just gives you permission to build up slowly. Yeah. I mean, which feels awesome. He says, the point is not to do one thing. The point is to master the habit of showing up. The truth is a habit must be established before it can be improved. So like you're saying, he says, go to the gym for five minutes, take out your yoga mat, just that getting into the repetition of showing up and then you naturally progress there's five stages for him. Very easy, easy, moderate, hard, and very hard. So breaking the action down, you want that way. But he's like, eventually you'll be like, oh, I'm at the gym. I need to work out. Why not? I'm here. But I think for me, it's so tempting. You know, the yoga mat, like, why wouldn't you do a little bit more? 
but I think it's great. He says it's better to do less than you hoped than to do nothing at all, which is so true. So true. The days when you're like, I fell short, don't beat yourself up. It's better to do a little bit than nothing, which I loved. Very nice. The last chapter in this section is chapter 14, how to make good habits inevitable and bad habits impossible. He is basically talking about if we want to make good habits easy, we got to make bad habits really difficult. And I really liked the opening story here. There's a writer, a famous writer, Victor Hugo. (laughs) He was facing a writing deadline and his publisher was like, hey, man, where is this book? You've been hanging out, partying. Which this is like 1830. And I was like, they had books back then. That's how smart I am. I was like, really? But, yeah, yeah. So he, he had a year to write the book and the publisher's like, listen, you haven't done anything. There's six months left. Give me something. And he basically told his assistant to lock up all of his clothes in a trunk so he couldn't go outside And then he wore a shawl and wrote for six months straight (laughs) and met his deadline two weeks early with The Hunchback of Notre Dame, also one of the most underappreciated Disney movies of all time, (laughs) and basically made his bad habit of procrastination disappear by forcing his own hand. And so this does go back to my example last week of the locking cookie jar. (laughs) I read this and I was like, oh, he probably has a cookie jar. Jimmy has a cookie jar for sure. Yeah, it was such a funny, I just imagine this man in the 1830s like sitting in this room <laughs> naked with a shawl. So I don't know if I want to be as drastic as locking it up all my own like clothes. A lot. But if you knew you could produce the next classic novel, would you be okay question. with it? So yes, obviously, that, right? Like Exactly. Right? Yeah. yeah. But what he did, the author writes, is create a commitment device by locking his closet. So a commitment device is a choice you make now that locks in a better behavior in the future. So that is it for making it easy. Another amazing Um, show, you know? (laughs) But to summarize what we talked about today, basically you need to make your good habits attractive and easy. You make things attractive by rewarding yourself, giving yourself a tiny party for doing the good habit. Surrounding yourself with people that have the habits that you want to adopt. So if you want to start running, being around other runners and then reframing habits by leaning into their benefits. So saying that you get to do something instead of you have to do something. And then you make things easy by taking action, not just being in motion. So stop planning, follow Nike, just do it. Two, reducing friction of any good habit you want to adopt, manipulating your environment to make it work for you. It's okay if there's vitamins everywhere, you know, it's gonna, you'll be healthy. And then starting with just two minutes, two minutes is all you need to start with to start a good habit. That's a wrap on part two of Atomic Habits. And next week, we'll be reading the rest of the book from chapter 15 through the end. So be sure to read along with us and share your thoughts in the comment section of our Instagram, most self-improved, all one word. We hope this has been helpful. Erin, any last words for our listeners? I don't. I think you covered everything. But for me, I honestly, I feel very good reading this book. I, I don't know how you feel, but I get a good feeling. I can't articulate exactly why, but it makes me feel good. It does. Good. Well, I don't know if you're it's we'll similar. Love to hear it. Right? I feel like it's been helpful. The only part I didn't like is we're built to be so lazy. That feels stressful. <laughs> like, oh, we have all this to over. But I like all the strategies and all the little stories he has. And I feel like the two minute thing is a huge, like, yeah. okay, 
it doesn't feel so scary to start trying to do something new. So we hope it's helpful for all of you. Let us know how helpful it is. Tell us what you're trying to change or what you want to adopt or if you're a lock the cookie jar person. (laughs) Very intrigued by these people. What you would do if you had no clothes and only a shawl. (laughs) Only a shawl. Let us know. All right. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Bye.